Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Anytime I hear a parent, male or female, say these words, all I want is for my child to be happy. I want to just lunge at their throat. The shallowest of goals. Oh, my Lord. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Affluenza, a psychological discomfort affecting wealthy young people. See, I thought you were kidding. Yeah. When you first told me that. Symptoms include lack of motivation, dissatisfaction, debt, stress, and impaired relationships. In other words, a young adult today. (laughs) The term. A millennial. It came about first used in the 1970s. See, this is killing me. I thought with the little kid that's... There's actually an effluenza project, a team of therapists, <laughs> Google it, please, a team of therapists that have joined forces to treat this bad boy. You have, and I know you've no, wait heard a minute, of it. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're wanting to treat it? They are want, it's a mental illness that they uh-huh. want to treat. Whoever said that it's a mental illness? has a mental illness. <laughs> uh, the Effluenza Teen, I know you've heard of this guy. Yeah. From Dallas, Mexico, yes. everything. And I thought that was just the National Enquirer. That's an actual phrase. Yeah. So his defense attorney, um, it's now being termed the Effluenza Defense, um, is wanting it to, um, I guess is phrasing it like a mental illness so that he can get out of jail time. That he could is not... Is Johnny Cochran his... <laughs> No, Johnny's uh, no longer with us, is he? R.I.P. Um, yeah, so he's, he's wanting this to be seen as a mental illness um, that he then wouldn't serve jail time, that he would get out uh, because I don't he know why I'm it. shocked by that. I don't know why I'm shocked by it, Agreed. and yet I am. So, as Americans, and, and really Western culture, if you make thirty four above $34,000 a year, you are part of the global elite. You are the one percent. Um, and Globally so, speaking, correct. So, as we talk about, so I'm like stinking rich, and if I was in Bangladesh, <laughs> as we talk about today, purposely disappointing your child, being purposeful in allowing them to suffer, we're using uh, we're going to use one example of wealth um, that if if you're not careful as a parent, you absolutely can produce a Kardashian. Um. Well, uh, okay. And again, I'm uh, seriously, you caught me off guard, but I was really thinking the affluenza was just a media driven, you know, Webster's thing. dictionary. Um, didn't know that. I thought what we were going to be talking about was entitlement. That's, that's when I think of what you're talking, that's what I think about is the term entitlement that, that someone is entitled to something, uh, to, to money, to possessions, to, freedoms to whatever for no reason other than they're alive and their hearts beating they're entitled to these things um i know when we think about um 
you know, at least I do, when I think of entitled kids uh, I or young adults or whatever, uh, I think all the way back to, to Paris Hilton, I, I, probably the first time, you know, years ago that I was introduced even to the, the term trust fund baby, uh, where you have this uber wealthy kid who grows up and just has a never ending supply of wealth that they can just go do whatever it is that they want to do in Monte Carlo or this, you know, the South of France or whatever. And we all see these people, um, and I do anyway, sort of throw up in my mouth a little, um, when, because in, in my mind, there's nothing grosser on the planet than one of these people that you look at them and you go, well, they're, they're, they're famous. They have, um, for doing absolutely nothing for, for, uh, for no reason, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, everyone's involved in, in their lives, but this idea of entitlement, the Kardashians and the Johnny Manziels of this world, uh, are, are sort of the poster children, but I would say that entitlement is, is, is now actively a part of the young adult culture today. Can be. Uh, I would say it is, and I would say a kid uh, that is, it's, it's, I absolutely believe it's a part of every culture or every generation rather at some level. Okay. Well, in, oh, Hey, this is, I think the first time in the history of paradox where everyone sees you for being incorrect. <laughs> and I know they'll, over time, they'll see it more often, but this is a, this is, could we stop and have a drink? Insane. I think it's insane that you think that as an American born in the no. very late fifties, that you at no level had a sense of entitlement. None. All right. But you love picking on millennials. Oh yeah. Yeah. Millennials are a target rich environment <laughs> anytime you're around them. Um, but the idea of entitlement that we just uh, uh, expect something. I, we all see it in some way. And I'm saying unless we actively uh, uh, work against this being developed in our kids, our kids will just simply have it. Absolutely. Because you are. we are the global elite. Yes. Yeah. We are. We're all stinking rich. <laughs> we can absolutely get them within reason, everything that they want, whenever they want it. Yes. Yeah. When I, <laughs> I remember since I was a youth minister... Um, for the first 20 years of my working life, and uh, the last eight of which was at a, a large church here in Austin uh, that had a private school. And uh, I'm telling you this like you're not one of the children I'm talking about that went to, went to this private school. Um, but, of course, you guys went to the private school, and y'all were there because your dad was a youth minister, not because I was actually banking coin. Yes, not trust fund, baby. We were scholarship babies. <laughs> yes. And so, but like all your friends and good friends to this day, I mean, you know, a lot of those people had a lot of money and, you know, you would see in any wealthy school or wealthy private school, um, there were just luxury cars all over the parking lot. And I remember when Sarah was about to turn your older sister, um, was about to turn 16. Uh, we were just riding in the car one day and she goes, you know, dad, I was thinking about the, the car I want for when I turn 16. And I, Really? 
That's that's what you spend your time thinking about. So yeah, um, have you ever seen those? Um, oh, they're little. What those little uh, BMW convertibles? I think those are so cute. <laughs> oh baby, they are. <laughs> they are very so cute. cute. I was I was thinking a seventy seven seventy eight Pacer <laughs> uh, is kind of what I had more in mind. But she was just looking at whatever one was driving. Yep. And, 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 and again, it's, and, and that's, it's, it's everybody. I'm not just talking about wealthy people. All of us, in some degree, when we try to keep up with the Joneses, whatever, we end up, uh, unless we work against it, making our children feel entitled. And this butts up against one of my pet peeves of all time. And that is any t- any time, wherever I am, if I'm in my the counseling office, if I'm uh, at church or in line uh, at Walmart, if I hear a parent say, "All I want." When's the last time you went to Walmart? I'm a man of the people, Josh. <laughs> just because Do they have those in Austin. Just because I have a a wildly successful podcast <laughs> that is that is listened to by dozens and dozens yeah, of people. Yeah, tens of people. Tens of people. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't, you know, slum it on occasion. That's offensive. Walmart people matter. <laughs> what is it? Black lives matter? Yes. Walmart, Walmart lives, lives matter. matter. Have you ever gone to the people of Walmart.com? First of all, side note, I used to in college, Walmart was my place. I would get an oil change, a haircut, my eyes checked, and groceries <laughs> in an hour. It was amazing. And done. <laughs> Very nice. But anytime I hear a parent, male or female, say these words, all I want is for my child to be happy. I want to just lunge at their throat. The shallowest of goals. Oh, my Lord. And, and I get what they're saying, but if they just stop to think about what they're saying, all I want is for my child to be happy. Again, if that's your goal, uh, you know, get them about a pound of cocaine in a room full of Vegas hookers, and they're going to be happy. Is Seriously, is happiness? That's it. That's what you're shooting for. It is a horrific goal for our children, and it communicates to those children that my happiness is the supreme focus of my existence. And I know that's not what we mean. I mean, I get what you mean. But the words we say, I don't know, this is kind of wacky, but they matter. And we keep saying that, and we say that in front of our kids, and they get the idea, our children develop this idea that their happiness reigns supreme. Yeah, so... As I wrestle with this and as I struggle with this as a, a new parent um, with my three-year-old and one-year-old, um, I've really had to, to learn to, to put a smile on my face anytime they're writhing on the floor disappointed about not getting, getting a cookie. Um, and that's a stupid example, but just really any example, purposefully saying no is something that I've had to learn to do to work against that. Um, cookies in and of themselves are not evil, unlike maybe the cocaine and strippers that you just mentioned. Um, I certainly could get, I have the money to get them a cookie. 
Um, but them hearing, my kids hearing no, them being disappointed um, in not getting everything they want, I think is vital. And I think it's vital early. As millennial parents and having young kids now, it's incredible incredibly important. It's paramount that we train them to be able to hear those words, experience disappointment, and get over it. Yes. And I'm telling you, there are probably some young parents out there right now uh, that are listening to what you're saying and may be aghast. Because one of the things that I think drives this, all I want is for my child to be happy, not telling them no, uh, is a sense of parental guilt. Uh, the dad works all hours. Uh, and so if I'm just going to be with my kids for a little amount of time, then I'm going to be their buddy and I'm going to get them things. And hey, don't tell your mom, uh, but let's go get an icy uh, kind of a relationships. Moms may feel guilty or overwhelmed. And so the path of least resistance is just letting them have it. Um, and so there's, there's all sorts of different reasons why a parent might take up this cause, but to tell your child, no, when it's not going to ruin their dinner, there is not necessarily a real reason to say no. Uh, I think some are going to take issue with what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. It is certainly a path of least resistance, um, initially, um, it's something that I believe wholeheartedly will get you if you give them that cookie is using the continuing to use the stupid example. It'll certainly get them and appease them for 10 minutes. But what you're breeding within them that if I throw a temper tantrum or if my parent even thinks that I'm going to throw a temper tantrum, um, that that they're going to give something to me, that they're going to appease me, that sets ourselves up oh, for heavens. A ton of heart as parents, right? So if if I'm thinking the path of least resistance, I can't think that appeasing them for ten minutes, but then ruining them long term is actually going to give me less of a job. Absolutely. And to keep in mind, this is one of those truisms of parenting that you parent a teenager when they're two. You're going to avoid so many knock-down, drag-out conflicts in their teen years if you'll just fight these teeny-weeny little battles Tiny. when they're when they're small. So being able to tell our children no, allowing them not to have everything they want, us not saving them. I'm telling you, uh, sometimes today our uh, uh, parents feel as though their job is not only to make their child happy all the time, uh, but to actively work so that their child never experiences anything that is negative or painful. Which is, in well, it's, that's an incredible shame. I, I have had to learn, and I will encourage you guys out there as parents, you have to learn to put a small smile on your face any time your child suffers. And obviously that's within reason, right? I mean, if they're being abused or being picked, we want to rescue them and we don't want to just have this evil grin on our face. But when they're disappointed simply because they wanted something, didn't get it, even if it is an okay, neutral thing, uh, when they ball, when they're upset, when they think that this is unfair, we've got to put our smile on our face knowing that we're doing something right. Well, Douglas Riley, um, who wrote The Defiant Child, he said, in order to be a good parent, 
you have got to be willing to allow your child to suffer. Uh, And so often, one of the reasons that we don't discipline the way we should or stay as consistent as we could is we really, it as a parent really bothers us, as I guess it should, but you know, it bothers us that our child suffers and we so hate the child crying. Uh, and not because it's necessarily annoying. It's just that oh, oh but I'm, it's annoying. It, yeah. uh, it's just I don't I don't want them to be sad. I want them to be happy, and I need to be the one that puts a smile in their face. And that's the easy way out. I also say this, if you don't mind me interrupting you. Um, I think a lot of that stems from the psychological term is different emotional differentiation. We have a tendency to walk into an environment, a room, a family. What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) We take on the emotions of others. You read a book, and you want to make sure everyone knows you read a book. Do you now believe I have read a book? Dropping these terms like they're going out of style. Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, We we walk into a room. We walk into an environment, a relationship, our families. When we get home from from work. And we have an inability to separate from other people's emotions. So if our wives or our husbands are upset, we could have been having the best day ever. But if my son starts crying because he didn't get this stupid cookie, I automatically get upset because he's upset. Um, so yes, I, I think it does certainly have to do with appeasement that we just want to have fun. We just want to minimize. This is not a big deal. Give him the cookie. But I think also some of it comes down for our to our inability to separate from our kids' emotions. Absolutely. Um, And from a Christian perspective, we we know uh, clearly, clearly throughout all of Scripture that the Bible teaches that there is purpose in pain. Um, You know, James 1, uh, count it pure joy when you experience these various kind of trials because they end up to our good. God, uh, uh, what uh, uh, Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for our good. There, there's purpose in pain. Uh, C.S. Lewis, um, one of the many quotes from C.S. Lewis that I've committed to memory, he said, "God whispers." To He's us, reading this. Go God ahead. whispers to us. Oh, what was it again? Oh, yeah. If you in listen closely, pleasures, you'll hear his dyslexia. Go ahead. Speaks in our conscience, and what's that last part? Oh, yeah. But shouts in our pain. God shouts to us in our pain. He said, uh, it is, uh, after the colon, what does it say? Oh, yeah. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world that God speaks to us always, but he shouts to us in our pain. That's good. That there is, there is reason. We, we need to hurt. Painful consequences are absolutely essential to our proper upbringing. Therefore, and, and again, this is something I think we'll talk about a lot, a lot, a lot. But one of the things I believe needs to be branded on the frontal lobe of all parents is we are to be to our children as God is to us. So how is God to us? Uh, when I go around and speak, uh, we'll say, well, how God is, how is God to us? And oh, well, he's full of grace and he's uh, full of love and he's all forgiving. And yes, 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 absolutely. But he's also righteous. And he's just... Well, and he's full of nose. He's full of nose. You know, when I want that... When it comes to nose, he's full of it. When I want the second cheeseburger, <laughs> it's a no, right? It's a no. Uh, yeah, he's full of nose. And I, I firmly believe that, that our children hearing no, 
that them suffering, and I know that's a really extreme word for, for what we're talking about, because there's true suffering in this world outside of not receiving a cookie, but um, when our kids hear no, when they are disappointed, when they suffer, that is one of the healthiest things that we, for our kids that will bring about perseverance and, 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 and hope and stick to And I realize that and, that concept is par- paradoxical. Hmm. A thank you. A thank you. Please try the veal. Um, okay. Here's another little truism that we ought to try to commit to our memory. Just, just a little takeaway. We hurt our child when we don't allow our child to hurt. So we, in our attempt for them not to experience any pain, we're actually hurting them. So we hurt our child when we don't allow our child to hurt. And that is just an overarching principle that parents need to lock onto. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I mean, my goodness, I think all you have to do is look, look out your window at the landscape of modern Christianity. Um and look at how look at the kinds of people that Christians are supporting politically right now um let's not <laughs>